When we were first singing Victory in Jesus, the pastor looked over at me and said, boy, I sure wish I was preaching tonight. <laughs> and it's about three minutes till seven and I kind of wish he was too. <laughs> I was sitting there and uh, I had a sermon prepared that was 34 minutes long. And I'm not ready for that and neither are you. So I've condensed it. I'm just, this has turned out to be a service of praise. And I'm just going to lift one thought of praise from that sermon and keep the rest of it on the back burner in case we ever need it again. The rest of it deals with challenge to you as his church. We're just going to lift a passage from Matthew, the 25th chapter. We're going to read, start reading from verse 21 in Matthew 25 and lift the idea of praise. This is dealing with the, there's two parables. Some might say that there are three, but there are two parables in the 25th chapter of Matthew. One is dealing with the parable of the ten virgins, and the second parable is dealing with the, the talents where God gives uh, the uh, servant, the Lord of the servants, gives five talents to one man, two talents to another, and one to another. And skipping the introductory part of that parable, you remember that the, serve, that the Lord comes back and they're now giving an account of what they have done with the talents that the Lord had given them. So we find the first man in verse 21. Actually, we could read at verse uh, 19 and that'll help get us into verse 21. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to him to account for his money. The man to whom he had entrusted the $5,000 or the five talents brought him $10,000. His master praised him for his good work. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, he told him. So now I will give you more responsibilities. Enter into the joy of your master. Next came the man who had received the $2,000 or the two talents with his report. Sir, you gave me $2,000 to use and I have doubled it. Good work, his master said. You are a good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over this small amount, so now I will give you much more. Enter into the joy of your master. This is a very, very interesting parable. What we want to focus in on tonight is what were some of the rewards of the faithfulness of the two men that are described as receiving the five talents or the $5,000 and the $2,000. Their reward was simply this, and as it's recorded, you have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you more and more responsibilities. Enter into the joy of your master. You'll notice that this wasn't given to them, it was entrusted to them. I mean, it wasn't really their money. It was the master's money, and it always was the master's money, because when the master came back, they had to, had to give an account of what he had entrusted to them. It never really belonged to the servant. It always belonged to the master. Two men had been faithful. So let's look at the reward of those faithful men. One was simply in the response, well done, thou good and faithful servant. The second was in, enter into the joy of your master. I just want to share three brief experiences from my life. 
When I was a teenager, I liked to, I worked on a farm. It was, that's where I lived, so that's where I worked. I didn't have an allowance. I was always brought up with the idea that allowance for, were for kids that lived in the city. And we didn't get an allowance. So, but we always were busy. That's one reason why Dad said he would never live in the city, is because he believed kids always should be busy. If they're busy, he said, they'll stay out of trouble. That worked most of the time. I can remember, though, trying to identify with this parable when he said, enter into the joy of the Lord. Identify with the Lord in his joy. Share the joy of the Lord. That was one of the rewards of their faithfulness. And I began to look back on my times in the farm in Illinois and began to put some experiences together. One year, I believe it was mom who had the bright idea that she wanted 400 strawberry plants. Now, those of you that just have these, you know, a dozen plants know that plenty of strawberries come from one plant, and really a whole lot of strawberries come from 400 plants. We would, we would get up early in the morning, six, seven, eight o'clock, I guess six or seven o'clock, very rarely eight o'clock, and we'd all go out there, and since many hands make the work light, we were all involved in picking strawberries. And we would finish about 10 o'clock, when it was really getting pretty hot about that time, and it was really not fun for anyone. It, the whole family was involved in it, but it just wasn't any fun. And one day I had an idea. I decided that I would get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and go out and pick strawberries all by myself. So I got up. One set the alarm, got up real early one morning at 4 o'clock. I, I didn't realize strawberries were so cold that early in the morning. But I remember by the time everybody else got out there, I think the next person out was my dad, and he was so delighted that I had about 20 or 25 quarts of strawberries already picked. But the thing that I remember, I don't remember most of the times where we all got together and picked strawberries. I remember that one instance when I got up when nobody asked me to get up, and I went out by myself to do something that was over and above what was expected of me. And I was, that was my joy. I really wasn't joyous picking strawberries. That was not my favorite thing to do. But you know, between four and six o'clock, that was a fantastic time. I was just doing more than was expected of me. And I began to pick up on that little lesson. We had a barn that was one of the largest barns I believe I've ever seen. It had a haymow, and then it had a center section where Dad had his shop and all of his tools and a lot of the implements that he used, and then in the basement were where the, the cattle were kept. We would feed some of them down there. It was that center section that Dad never could keep clean. It was always a mess. And I remembered... Sometimes he would ask me to clean up the shop. You know, maybe one time a year I was to clean up his shop. And I would do that, and I'd come home, and if the shop was cleaned up, man, that was, that was okay. I'd, just, I'd done what Dad had wanted me to do. And I kind of looked forward when the task is, was completed of his coming home. But I can remember one summer in particular where I decided not only to clean the shop, but to clean up that whole center section. He hadn't asked me to do that. And it was a time when he was involved in the fertilizer business It was extremely busy. But I didn't want him to see it until it was all done. So that meant I had to do all the chores 
morning and night, I had to get up before Dad got up, and I had to always do the chores right after school before he got home. Otherwise, he'd go in the barn and he'd see what I was doing, and I didn't want him to see it until it was all done. So I would, I'd, I did all the chores then for two weeks. And as soon as he'd come home, I'd run out to the truck and say, Dad, the chores are all done. And he'd kind of be taken aback and say, they're all done again? Yes, they're all done. And after two weeks then, I let him go in. And the shop was clean. I guess it was about as clean as I could make a barn. Every tool was in place. I bought some little pegs and all the tools were up, had shadowed where they know where they're supposed to go back. And it seemed like as a teenager, we could never remember where they were supposed to go back. And all the implements and everything was clean. I remember that because of the joy. See, all I wanted was the approval of my father. And if I had dad's approval for something that went over and above his expectation, there was just something about that that I really loved. I couldn't wait for him to come home to see what I'd done. And the same thing carried on. Another thing that I really didn't like to do was to babysit. And I was the oldest in the home, so that was always my assignment, was to babysit my younger brothers and sister. So I applied this same principle there. Every time that assignment was given me, I purposed to do something special. Most of the time, I simply cleaned the house. And uh, I organized that little crew that I had, and everyone had a task, and we would clean, start at the kitchen, and we'd clean the kitchen, and we'd clean all the way vacuum, and we'd dust, and we'd do everything involved in cleaning the home. Now, my brothers and sisters really didn't get too excited about me babysitting them, but when mom and dad would come home, all I needed was to see mom's face and hear what she had to say, and they always made me feel about 10 feet tall. Sometimes I would bake cookies. Sometimes I would wash and wax the kitchen floor. I would do something special over and above what they ever expected, and in that was my joy. Now look what happens to these servants. Can you imagine the master entrusting someone with some money? And they have double that. Can you imagine how they're going to anticipate the master coming home? They just really can't wait for him to get there, can they? And when the master comes to the servant and he says, Give an account. And the servant said, Master, I've doubled your money. You've given me five talents and you now have ten. He says, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. If we want to really experience the joy of the Lord, all we have to do is go the second mile. We just have to do for Him over and above what we think is required, and we'll find this flood of joy just keep coming and coming and coming. John told us a little bit about that tonight. You know, going the second mile, taking time on that trip, probably just purposefully taking time to get on his knees and to pray. And many of you are doing that. You're taking time that you don't have to take to pray and to study and to fast. And because of that, we're having services like we're having tonight and we're experiencing the joy of the Lord. And what we're experiencing tonight is just His joy. He has shared with us His joy. His words to us tonight would be, Well done. Thou good and faithful servant, 
enter into the joy of your Master. Our Father, tonight we thank you for the privilege of holy joy. Joy is a word that you have reserved for your people. Joy is something that's made in heaven. And joy is something that's shared with us here on earth. Help us to see that serving you is not a task as such, but it's something that we can enter into and go the second mile even with God. And when we do that, you reward us with your joy. Oh, how we thank you for your faithfulness to us and how we thank you for the faithfulness of this good people. For you have visited us tonight and you have rewarded us according to our faithfulness and according to our faith. And so we want to say thank you from the depths of our heart because of your joy. And we thank you for the victories that were experienced around this altar. We feel like we've already had our altar service tonight, Father. And we praise you and we thank you for what you have already done. And we offer this prayer of thanksgiving and praise in the name of our blessed Lord. Amen. In closing, I'd like us to sing, I will serve thee because I love thee. Shall we stand?